Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Truth in Christ Radio, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. When we see somebody suffering, the natural inclination for a Christian is to reach out. And that's a good thing. But I would also encourage you to be discerning, too, because sometimes God is... This is why we have to walk in the Spirit daily. That's why we have to be this relationship with the Lord daily, because there's going to be circumstances that are going to come up, and you're going to be like, I want to fix this thing. I could write a check right now and fix this widow's problem. This mother, with the single mom with three kids, I can fix this problem today. I could do it right now, and I'm going to do it. And all the while, the Lord's saying... I really would rather you not. Why didn't you come to me first? Because I'm teaching her something that you have nothing about. Today on Truth in Christ, don't allow our attempts to help others to override God's work. Welcome, everyone. Pastor Rob reminds us today how important it is for us to avoid allowing riches to corrupt us and to take direction from God in any attempt to help someone else. We know as followers of Jesus Christ that we should always be ready to lend a helping hand to others, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ. However, we must always walk in the Spirit and communicate our desires to our Heavenly Father to follow His will regarding our actions. We must never step in front of God to be a support to others unless God points us in that direction. Remember, God can see the entire picture, and His wisdom is the best. Let's listen to Pastor Rob's teaching for today. So we have to be careful. In Proverbs chapter 24, 23, verse 4 and 5, it says, Do not overwork to be rich because of your own understanding. Cease. Will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings, and they fly away like eagles toward heaven. And it's, it's totally true. In verse 4, he says, Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, they cry out, and the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth, which the Lord of hosts. And this idea of, of, of kept back literally means in the original language that they're never going to get those salaries. They're never going to get that wage that they, that they had done. And there were people who did this. And here we have a turn in, 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 the, in the verses we're looking at now, because now it's speaking of um, employees or employers and their attitude toward employees. In Proverbs 3, verse 27, it says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back, and tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. Have you ever done that before? For some reason, you just you didn't feel in the mood to, to give something, something to someone that you told them that you were going to give it to them? And for whatever reason, you're like, well, I'll, I'll, we'll talk tomorrow. <laughs> you ever done that? I've done that. And the Lord says, you have it right here. Why don't you just give it to them? Well, I, don't, I don't feel like doing it today because I don't want to deal with it right now. And yet they have a need. So there's a great responsibility for those who are business owners to do what is right to your employers, employees. In Colossians, 
uh, chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Masters, give your bondservants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. If you own a business, how are you treating your employees? Are you treating them fairly? Are you treating them kindly? Are you holding them accountable? It's okay to hold somebody accountable. That's love. I love accountability in my life. And my wife has been a great accountability partner in my life and everything. And I'm so thankful, Lord, you know, to the Lord for her, for just how she is, you know, the Lord has used her to change me in so many ways. We are very opposites. And that, ver- that saying, opposites attract, we were polar ends of each other. I was the spontaneous spinthrift, and she was the thoughtful, careful, saving for a rainy day, that kind of person. And I was like, hey, eat and drink, tomorrow we die. You know, and, um, and the Lord, through the two of us, he's making one really good person. You know, Actually, she was great before I met her. I'm just a liability to the whole thing. So uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 24, uh, we're skipping over one here. It says, you shall not oppress, God speaking to Moses, he says, you shall not oppress a hired servant who is poor and needy, whether one of your brethren or one of the aliens who is in your land within your gates. Each day you shall give him his wages and not let the sun go down on it, for he is poor and he has set his heart on it, unless he cry out against you to the Lord and it be sin to you. That's a pretty uh, encouraging thought, isn't it? Verse 5, he says, You have lived on the earth in pleasure and in luxury, and you have fattened your hearts as in the day of slaughter. You know, when you think about this, he was speaking potentially to these Jews in Jerusalem, and you have lived on the earth in pleasure, and you have fattened your hearts as in the day of slaughter. The Jews who he's speaking to knew very well this sacrifice, or the sacrifices that would happen in the temple. They would bring those fattened calves, those fattened lambs, and they would bring them up there, and they would sacrifice them on the, on the altar. And he's saying, you're living like that, and one day you're going to come to an end. Right? He, he had a very hard word for those who had, the, had riches and obtained it uh, dishonestly and also used it to oppress others. And again, the fall of Jerusalem was just around the corner from when he wrote this letter. He had no idea that it was going to happen. But what happened on that day? All the wealthy were taken out of their homes. The Romans would line up all along the road going up to Jerusalem. They would crucify them, and they'd just have them all along the road for miles. They would just crucify them, hang them up, take their land, take their money, take all their possessions. So James, in a sense, is prophesying, hey, this, this is coming. Think about your ways. In Luke chapter 16, if you go there, we're going to look at verse 19. You remember the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. I believe this was not only a parable, but actually a real event. Because Jesus is giving here us a, a glimpse into the spiritual realm. In Luke 16, verse 19, He says, There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, and he fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom, which we know is just, it's a a Jewish way of saying heaven. He was carried to heaven. The rich man also died and was buried. 
and being in torments in Hades, which we would interpret hell, um, he lifted up his eyes and he saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried out and he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, and now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us there is a great gulf fixed so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those who are there pass to us. And then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. And Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to them, If you do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. And obviously he's speaking of Jesus himself. Jesus himself. But there is a judgment for the rich, or for the ungodly person. You know, the man, the rich man fared sumptuously, and he could care less about the poor. Could care less. And yet Lazarus was there, having need. And the rich man could care less. And because his heart was this way, when he passed, he didn't go to heaven. He went to hell. And the rich man, or the poor man, was now comforted. And guess what? For eternity. For eternity, folks. Think about that. You know, our life is so short. We talked about it the week before last. It is, is a vapor. It's very short. You know, as I'm, you know, turned 49 today, and I'm looking at the head of my life, and I still got a number of years left, but you know what? Lord willing. But, you know, I, most of my, if, if I doubled my time here, that would put me, what, at 98? How many people live to be 98? Not very many. So I'm more than halfway done. <laughs> you know, have you thought about that? And, and you look back on your life, and you're like, Lord, I want my life to count now. I want my life, everything that I have, I want to give to you. I want you to sift through everything and say, Lord, don't give me anything unless it's from you and for your reasons, and help me to be generous and kind and loving in everything that I do, in everything. And to not have a dull ear to the needs of people that I know and love. And see, that's what I love about the body of Christ. When you hear of something from somebody, you know, don't just turn a blind ear or a deaf ear. Pray about whether you should do something about it. Sometimes we ought not to do anything. Sometimes we should. And that's really hard because when we see somebody suffering, the natural inclination for a Christian is to reach out. And that's a good thing. But I would also encourage you to be discerning too because sometimes God is... This is why we have to walk in the Spirit daily. That's why we have to be this relationship with the Lord daily because there's going to be circumstances that are going to come up and you're going to be like, I want to fix this thing. I could write a check right now and fix this widow's problem. This mother, with the single mom with three kids, I can fix this problem today. I could do it right now and I'm going to do it. And all the while, the Lord's saying, I really would rather you not. Why didn't you come to me first? Because I'm teaching her something that you have nothing about. I'm teaching her to rely on me, and I'm going to provide for her another way, but you have nothing to do with it. Keep your checkbook to yourself. And yet, out of my pity, out of my benevolence, I might want to do that. And the Lord says, I'll give you credit for you wanting to do it, but I got something else that I'm doing here. But you should have talked to me beforehand. So be discerning. 
Sometimes we can get somebody out of something that they've never learned a lesson from. My mom had tough love toward me. There was a time where I, I would uh, presume upon some things that she would give. And at one point, she kind of figured that out, and she knew it wasn't healthy for me, so she just cut me off. And it was one of the best things she could have done for me. Because then I had to realize that i gotta, I gotta, I got to be careful about my spending because I was already developing this really bad habit with money. Really bad habit. I was, I was horrible with money. But she had to do the, right, the, the tough thing, and I tell you, that really helped me. But it was the harder thing. And she, you know, I, I don't know if the Lord gave her that, just that unction, but she said, you know, I, I can't do this anymore. And it broke my heart at one point, but I'm like, you know what? After I came to the Lord, I'm like, you know, I told her later. I said, you know, that was the best thing you could have done for me. Because you could have bailed me out out of all my troubles and the things I put myself through. She allowed me to wallow in my mess for a while, and I needed it. That's why we need to be prayerful. You can bail somebody out pretty quickly, but maybe God has them there for a season, for a reason. Pray and be there when the Lord says, now I want you to do it. (laughs) That'd be better. But that requires a relationship, doesn't it? That requires a me being listening to the Lord to know his voice, to hear his voice. That's hard. It's really not hard, but in the day we live in, it can be hard because there are many voices, Paul says, in the world. Many voices. But God wants to speak to you through that still, small voice. In verse 6, he says, You have have condemned and you have murdered the just, and he does not resist you. You know, when we look at this word just, it could just mean, you know, righteous people. But I have a belief and thought that this James was probably speaking of Jesus. He says, but you have condemned and you have murdered the just. Speaking of these rich, wealthy men in Jerusalem, they were the ones who put Jesus to death. They were the ones who, he was, Jesus was bad for business because he was pointing a finger at their covetousness. And instead of, of receiving that correction, they decided to kill him because all of a sudden here's this Jewish carpenter who is more popular than us. He's doing the, the healing. He's doing the miracles. And he's not expecting to be paid. We wanted to be paid. And Jesus condemns them for that. So I believe when he says, you have condemned and you have murdered the just. This, this word, it's interesting because uh, in Acts chapter 7, verse 51 through 53, let me just share this with you and then we'll close. You remember when Stephen was standing before the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders and he was really getting on their case about who Jesus was. And he was confronting them and giving them a history lesson of the Jews and the things that were going on in the Bible, all pointing toward Jesus the Messiah, who they just recently had killed. And in verse 51 of Acts chapter 7, Stephen said to them finally in his last sentence, he said, You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one. The just one. Notice it's in all caps, the first letter. Just one. I think it's capitalized there, isn't it? Yes. That's in the Bible. Just one. Of whom, speaking of Jesus, of whom you have become the betrayers and murderers who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. And it's interesting because this very word, just, in this verse in in James chapter 6 is the exact same word 
as this word is in the book of Acts, where he says the just one. So it could be that he's referring to Jesus here, and I believe he is. And so we have to be careful then, don't we? We have to be careful. If you're a person of wealth, don't set your heart on it. If you're poor and are struggling and yet there's no contentment in your life, seek the contentment that only God can give you. For godliness with contentment is great gain. We all struggle with that, don't we? We all do. But Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. And to be content with those things. You know, I think there's, there's such a great contentment for a man or woman who has Christ, knowing that they're bound for heaven, filled with the Spirit of God, and yet maybe they don't have everything. They have just their needs met. They don't have a whole lot of material things. They're not distracted. People like that aren't distracted. They live life to the fullest. They don't worry about, well, this Saturday I've got to change the oil on this thing. I've got to change. In fact, all these five machines that I've got now in my garage, I've got to change the oil and get them ready for winter. <laughs> right? I've got to do all these things. I don't have the time to do it. I mean, I don't have those five things, but, you know, I've got a couple things. Snowblower, you know, lawnmower, those kinds of things. You've got to take care of them. But the more things you have, you gotta, you gotta, they possess you eventually if you're not careful. So be careful. Set your eyes on Jesus and be fair and equitable in, in everything in your dealings with man. Be content with the things that you have and cease from striving. The Bible says, and this is one of the verses that really ministered to me when I was really striving for my wife. I think it's in Second, um, I think it's in Second Timothy, chapter two, verse twenty-four. I think it is. It says, "The child of God shall not strive." but be gentle unto all men apt to teach or able to teach. The child of God should not strive, but be gentle and apt to teach. And that verse was the verse that really, for those of you who have heard the story, I was really pursuing Kathy because the Lord had spoken to me. She's the one. So I'm like, okay, i got to somehow make myself, uh, i got to endear myself to her, right? I thought that I had to do the job, and God didn't need me. Uh, to do the job, he was able to just speak to her in an instant, and it was done. We could have just put the ring on the finger and said, you know, prayed, and it would be done, right? But no, I've got a. I, I didn't know any better. <laughs> Outside of Christ, you have a certain way of doing things, right? To woo somebody to yourself, you know, you buy them the card, you buy them the, you know, the, the flowers, the take them out to dinner, you know, you schmooze them, you love them. You, you, those are the things that we know how to do as men. But when God says, "No, I want you to sit." And I want you to be quiet, Rob, because you haven't been. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Pastor Jeff actually had to come and talk to me. And I, was on, I was actually here. We were worshiping together, Kathy and I. And worshiping with her before we were uh, engaged was torture for me. Because it was like I knew in my heart she was the one. And she's like, I don't even know who you are. I don't really care. <laughs> you know. But he had to come and say, listen, you need to, you need to just kind of lay off. You know? And I'm like, okay. And one night I was sitting in my, in my apartment there on 111 East Avenue. And I was sitting in a Lazy Boy recliner and my cat was sitting on my lap and I had my Bible. I'm not kidding, this actually happened. And I was reading this, just, I was just reading the Bible. And the Lord zapped me with that verse. Child of God should not strive, but be gentle to all men, apt to teach. And it hit me right between the eyes. And he's like, Rob, you're striving. I told you I was going to do this, and I'm going to do it my way, and you need to sit back and do nothing. 
In fact, the less you speak, the better. (laughs) The less you do, the better. And so I literally, there was a moment where I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm done with this whole thing. I don't even know how to do it. I mean, I've never done this by the Lord's way before. Have you? I mean, I, I didn't know anything. So I'm like, okay, I give up. I can't do it. Any, I can't do anymore. I, I, everything I do is messing it up. So I'm going to stop what I'm doing, Lord, and you're going to have to do this. And he's like, thank you. <laughs> and it wasn't long after that that he spoke to her. When I finally came to the end of myself and I stopped striving and I totally committed my heart to him, like, and I prayed honestly, Lord, if it's not your will, then take it from me. Take her from me. Take the desire away. Everything that I thought you had been speaking in my heart, take it all away. I need you to do this. And if you're God, I know that you can, and please do it because I don't want to go through this anymore unless you are behind it. He's like, okay. And he did it. And that's the way it all worked out. So, We have to be careful that we don't strive in anything. 2 Timothy 2, verse 24, I believe, is where it is. A child of God should not strive, and not just in financial things, to be rich or to gain wealth or to gain whatever. It could be in anything, but just be careful. And let's all um, just make a commitment, Lord. If there's anything I'm going to strive for, I want to strive for this relationship with you. I want to strive for this this fullness that you speak of. I want to be filled with your spirit, God. I want that joy more often than, than I have been experiencing. I want, that, I want that release from the things of this life. I don't want to be so uptight about everything. Why is it that my job, I'm always so uptight? Why is it about my money, I'm so uptight? Why is it about my rent money, I'm so uptight? And then God's going, you know, I, I would love to give you peace. Will you let me give it to you? He is the Prince of Peace. Do we call upon him? Do we say, Lord, change my heart? Need my heart changed, do you? Do you need your heart changed? I'm saying that in a loving way to friends, brothers, sisters. I need my heart changed. Let's stand and ask him to change our hearts. In James chapter 1, verse 17, I love what it says. It's the final verse. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Father, we do just come before you. We thank you for this time, Lord. I pray that you'd bless immensely, Lord, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, I pray as hard as this has been to to share, Lord, I know it's been hard to hear. And Father, we we do pray, though, Lord, if there's anything in our hearts, in our lives that are keeping us from... from, um, dwelling upon you and and trusting in you. Father, if there is any evil thing in our heart, Lord, that has been festering, any uh, anything at all, Lord, we pray that today would be the day we would just be honest with you and that you would deal with those things. Lord, we want to know you. We need your discernment, Father. We live in wicked days, Father, and there's so many voices screaming at us, God, and we have a hard time hearing that still small voice. And Father, we pray that you would speak to us each one of us this very day, that you would address whatever it is on your heart, Lord. We want to be open books. We want to hear what you have for us. We want to listen with the intent of doing something about it. Lord, would you please take control of everything in our lives. We give you thanks and praise. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone said? 
Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of James. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office for ordering details. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio or sanctuary messages in MP3 format, free of charge, from the resources link. You can also listen to these messages on your mobile device by going to Calvary Chapel of Rochester on Google Play or Apple Podcasts. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until the same time on Monday, this has been Truth in Christ.